morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You're with the Double L team, Lyle and... Lawson! Okay, fantastic stuff. Lawson, what are you thankful for this morning? Sorry, he's got a... <laughs> a slight distraction that just came through. Are people texting me about that the show already? So it's amazing. Was, he's out of it. He's distracted. He's he's got see, his phone see, at the see, wheel. See, Darren, Darren's just texted texted through to with his thankfulness for today. Oh wow! Okay, he wants to share what he's thankful for, and his text comes in the form of a photo. Here it is. Oh, it's a beautiful sunrise. I saw that yes. this morning as well. It's like pinky tones. The whole sky was just like this smooth red. Mm. You know, you get those those sunrises where you know there's just like colour, and it's just like a like a red haze. Mm. It was quite spectacular. But don't they don't they say like red sky at morn, sailor be warned? Uh, yeah, Something, but, uh, nah, it's gonna be fine. Don't worry about it. You, you're gonna tell us all about it in a minute, anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks, Darren, for sending that through. I, I was super thankful for it as well. You were super thankful for it. Yeah, it was uh, awesome. All, all of the early rises got to see an amazing sunrise. It's also awesome. Like I think the the weather was a little bit cooler last night as well. I had a good sleep. I live like upstairs in my house, and there's no air conditioner up there. And so like when it's hot, I just have this f- fan blowing on me twenty four seven. Like this one that I bought from like Bunnings, and it's like zzz, like super loud. Um, but yeah, last night I was like sleeping no fan, so it's cooling down a little bit. Third world problems. Yeah. I mean, first world problems. <laughs> first world problems. <laughs> yeah, just take the blanket off, bro. I've like, switched my air conditioner on once this year. Really? Yes. That's really that's something to be thankful for. All that money yeah, saved. Absolutely. All absolutely. that power saved. Uh-huh. No need for air conditioning. Why is that? Do you like hide hate, under the house? I hate canned air. Fair enough. Does it smell different? I don't know. It's just. It's just not for you. It's just not for me. I, I like the, the air that God made. Well, the air that the local power station made. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the air that God made, the power station polluted. Yeah. Classic. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Uh, it is The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. We're about to get into some uh, positively different news. Before we do that, we have our pentathlon quiz. Yes. And the first question for 100 points is... For 100 points, finish this verse. We love him because he... blank. Oh, that's too easy. Oh, well, it's 100 points. Three words. Three words you need right we there. We love him because he... Gave us ice cream. 0491064669 is the number to get. No, that was a bit blasphemous. I'm sorry. That was heresy right there. 0491064669 is the number to call. And for 100 points. see whether we should excommunicate <laughs> Lawson from the breakfast show. Yeah, that's right. Dude, what is it? What is it called? Uh, disfellowship for heresy from the breakfast show. But yeah, for 100 points, you can win yourself a Faith FM bumper sticker or a bookmark. Oh, and a bookmark, I should say. You will get both. Um, or you can get your points on the board and continue to work your way through the quiz to sweep and get every single prize. Uh, but again, that question was, finish this verse. We love him because he blank. Okay. If you know there the you answer, go. let us know what that answer is. All right. Uh, let's talk about some positively different news. Okay. I have... Uh, a, 
a bit of a contentious story that I want to talk about towards the end. But I want to start with something really heartwarming and awesome. Yeah, because you don't have a right of, of reply to the contentious story. No, I, no, I, I, I want to how this goes. I, I want to open up. I want to open up to the floor. Actually, I want people to be able to send us text messages and everything. Right, but I want to. I want to start with some 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 really positive, non-contentious, happy, amazing news first. Good. So actually, we covered last year the passing of a woman. Her name was Francesca or Francesca um, Susano, who was the world's oldest woman. Yes. Um, she she passed away at 124 years old, and it's like, oh, awesome! You're passing away. How is that happy? Well, she had a life worth living. Like she she, did. she lived the best life. Um, and I think that she is literally my hero. I'm like, this woman is amazing. Um, Filipino be- lady lived her entire life in the Philippines. That's right. Born under Spanish rule in the Philippines. Yeah. Uh, devout Seventh-day Adventist, I might add. Yeah. Bragging rights right there. And, dude, and she lived, like, was born in the 19th century, lived through both world wars, like, lived through the entirety of the 20th century. Yes. And came out the other side and, and passed away in the 21st century. And so she had a life worth celebrating. Well into the 21st century. That's right. That's right. Yeah, 2021. Like, born in the 1800s. Yeah, that's a, it's a, it's an amazing, awesome story. Um, and something that we brought up, like when we covered that story was, you know, the fact that like she comes from a third world nation, you know, she doesn't have, yeah, she, she doesn't have ha- the medical systems that we have in this country. And she comes from like, cause I've been to the Philippines before I've been to Manila and Manila's their big capital city. And yes, it is third world, but in capital cities of most countries, you have access to, you know, those kinds of facilities. If you've got the money for it. If you've got the money for it, yeah. But this woman lived in, like, one of the island areas of the Philippines where it's, like, you know, you have to, like, trek to get to. Like, amazing story, amazing woman. Um, And she has something in common with the longest living animal on Earth, um, and that is the fact that they are both vegetarian. Uh, There you go. So the longest living animal on Earth currently who has been given the record by the Guinness Book of World Records, his name is uh, Jonathan. He is a Cycellus or Cycellus. Great Seychelles. Seychelles, that's it. Seychellian. Seychellian great tortoise. Yeah. And this guy, he's 190 years old. How many? 190. 190. He's he's nearly a dual centenary. Centenary. Oh, I hope he yeah. makes it all the way. Oh, dude, he's close. He is close. And according to like what you know, his key, like his keepers have been saying, he is like living the best life. He's still going around. He's eating. He's molting. He's mating. He needs some help to do that, apparently. Um, but yeah, dude, this guy is killing it. Like literally. I wonder how many offspring he has? How many offspring can a tortoise have in 190? Dude, this he's like the Genghis Khan of tortoises. Like everyone is related to him. That's he. He wasn't conquering nations and yeah. Hopefully, and he's, hopefully he's a nicer person than Genghis that, Khan. That's right. But in the um, the offspring sense, yes, a holy and solely. Because <laughs> I mean, how many how many eggs does a mother tortoise lay? I mean, like hundreds, and especially like particularly. So be- maybe someone in our, in our listening audience can tell us how many how many eggs a, a mother tortoise lays. That's right. And particularly because this guy, he, like, lives in, you know, a sanctuary as well. You know, he's not just out there in the wild. Um, You know, they have protection from things that would harm the babies, and so they're able to raise all of them. So this guy is, like, he's he's the tortoise king. Is is he an endangered species? Um, Oh, man, with all the work he's doing, probably not. Uh, (laughs) um, But uh, according to this... um, 
No, like, well, this this particular breed of tortoises are, are looked after in this sanctuary, but, you know, they... Do they know his birth date or just his capture date? So, his capture date, this is the thing, when they captured him in 1882, yes. uh, he was fully advanced by that time, so they assume that his age was about 50. So, they, right. they put his date to... Uh, it takes that long for them to reach maturity. That's right. And so he's like, okay, he's like, they're at least 50, and that was the date that they settled on. Um, but it's, so they put his birth date at 1832, but he could very well be already 200 years old. But he's got to wait another 10 years until he can, can officiate Actually that. have that birthday. That's right. Blow out those candles. That's right. <laughs> Which, and for a tortoise that old would be the most funny looking thing ever. Um, okay, okay, contentious story. Here we go, here we go. So I read this thing this morning and... It reminded me of another thing, um, which I'm going to get into. But basically, it said this. Um, the average American has made five new friends through video gaming in the past year. Okay. So, um, people play video games. They play video games online with other people, and they make friends. And this is a pretty common thing that takes place. Like, I, I used to play a lot of online video games. Um when I was like young in my teens and yeah, it's just something that happens. You come across people and you play together and you, yeah, whatever it may be. Um, and, but it was all done. Like the, this was this research come from this survey and it was talking about people interacting online in general. Um, and how like during the pandemic, people's social circles had in, and for a lot of people it had increased solely in the online space. Um, and people had met people and like to the point where like the, the people that they meet online through various avenues of, you know, online interaction, it can be through social media, it can be through whatever people that they've never met before in their life, they become comfortable with them to the point where they would invite them to their wedding. Uh, which even like makes sense because there are people who meet online and get married. So it makes sense sense that you would make friends online as well that you would probably invite to your wedding too, I guess. I've made friends online before, just random strangers. I became really good friends with a Russian fighter pilot. That is... On Instagram. That is so interesting. It was so interesting. We had the most amazing conversations. That's sick. That's awesome. Oh, but anyways... This this got me to think about something else that's happening in the virtual space recently um, that people have been talking about, particularly in Christian circles. Um, and it's to do with this whole idea of the metaverse, which if you don't know what that is, Facebook has created this online world that you access by having like a virtual reality headset. And the idea is that you can live in a virtual world and hang out with people in a virtual world, which to be honest, like I hear that and I'm like, oh, it's kind of cringe uh, it is it is i'm like i don't want to live in a solely online world i want to live in the real world but that being said it's interesting how many tv shows have been created around this kind of a thing this concept this concept and it's interesting to watch is like okay is art imitating reality or reality imitating art yeah but then the total leaps of logic in the idea of like everyone living in a virtual world because who's going to serve that virtual world i guess the only movie that had a solution to that was the matrix where it was like oh actually um you're being controlled and harvested by ro- robots or something but but basically um people now have taken the next step of oh if we live in a virtual world you know what else we can do in a virtual world have church Right. And so within the metaverse, like within this virtual world, people have been 
having church. And there's particularly one church that is prolific with this. They're called Life Church. They're, a, you know, a church brand, brand from the United States. Um, but yeah, they have an online virtual service that people join by chucking on a VR headset and, you know, like you virtually walk into their virtual church building and sit down in a virtual pew and watch a virtual church service. And there's even like some footage from it where people are putting up their virtual hands to worship God. So in this virtual church, um, I'm just sort of, let me just... And people virtually so, so this preach. Is like going to, it's kind of like going to Zoom church, but you have a headset on and you feel like you're in the building. Yes. So it's just a, a better version of Zoom church. Yes. But I think tied in with the concept of like the metaverse is this idea that, oh, no one ever has to leave their home because we feel such presence together. Yeah, I can see some advantages world. of this during lockdown, but outside of lockdown, I think this is actually a terrible idea. I do too. And guys, if you have any th- thoughts on that, 0491064669, do you think virtual church is the way going forward? Virtual well, we need to reality reach everybody church? that we can. And if we can reach some people this way, then, well, that's, that's it's the only way to reach them. Why that's, not? That's the thought. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. It's The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. We're about to get into our 200-point quiz question. Lawson, what's our question? Next one coming up. All right, for 200 points, how many times is Peter asked by Jesus if he loves him? 0491064669 is the number to call if you know the answer. And for 200 points, you can win yourself a back issue of Science Magazine. Um, but yeah, if you would like to just get those points on the board, continue to work your way through the quiz and win every single prize you can. Again, that question was, how many times is Peter asked by Jesus if he loves him? Okay. All right. You know the answer. 0491064669. Let's talk about some more serious news here this morning. Yes, serious. Okay, so I've got a number of different stories here. I'm going to get through as many of these as I can. You've got two pastors that have just been bitten in the beaten in the Haryana state of India. Okay. And so basically what happened here was a, a mob of both men and women, about 12 men and women mm. that uh, gathered around these two pastor, pastors and accused them of receiving foreign money. Um, yeah. So they uh, – and what was interesting was that one, one of the pastors had his Bible snatched off of him and set on fire – and he said that was what hurt him the most mm. because obviously Bibles are hard to get in India. Mm. And it would be, imagine being without a Bible. I mean, that would be just... As a pastor. Yeah, and as a pastor, that mm. would absolutely be heartbreaking. And so that was... Uh, that was He he said that was, was the worst thing for him. They beat up these guys and yelled and screamed at them for about 90 minutes. That's a mm. long time for them to endure. And at one stage, they tried to force them into a car and kidnap them because they wanted to take them to a Hindu temple where they would force them to worship idols and, of mm. course, in their mind that would you know break them from their Christianity. And uh, they strongly resisted being uh, forced into the car and kidnapped, which is, you know, a very basic principle of, you know, self-defense. There are things that you can do where, you know, you might try to de-escalate, avoid whatever, um, escape, but when it comes to... Uh, being taken to another location, that's mm. that's when you resist to the very mm. nth of your strength, mm. uh, which they did. Um, and so the response was interesting. The response of the of the mob who was who was attacking these guys, they're like, "Oh, you know, we're getting a bit of resistance here. It's hard to load them in this car. Um, let's call the police. Give them to, get them to come and give us a hand." Mm. 
That is insane. Pretty wild stuff going on in India. Uh, eventually, of course, the um, the mob got tired of it and left them alone, and they were uh, were able to escape. Um, one of them only just uh, conscience conscious, but that's after four hundred and eighty six documented attacks on Christians in India last year. Mm. That's a massive number. And you know, I want to say this: part of this crisis has been caused by American evangelists. Mm. Because the thing is, when you go to oh. India, you've got lots of uh, beggars everywhere who are begging for money, and 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 they're stoked to get you know just a, a few small coins. And American evangelists can go to India, hand out a few small coins, and get masses of baptisms. Mm. And uh, that's a very good return on investment for him because then he can go back to America and say, "Oh, we had X amount of baptisms, which creates X amount of." Um, donations, which far exceeds the small amount of coins that he handed out to you know several thousand people while he was in India. Mm. This happens. I know it happens because I've spoken to Indian pastors who were part of the baptisms that were taking place mm. as a result of this happening. They saw it happen, and uh, you know it, it's 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 a real thing. And mm. of course, you know when you got that kind of corruption happening and people breaking away from their Hindu religion. For a few small coins, imagine it gets the Hindu people upset. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so there's never excuse for violence or lack of religious liberty, such as you have in India. The Indian government is uh, very much accountable for this, but there's also never an excuse for paying people to get baptized. Yeah, that's right. Um, anyway, we move from there to Uganda, where a Christian apologist by the name of Charles Kamya was just beaten unconscious. So this is an interesting story. He was travelling to Kampala to debate Islam. So he's a Christian apologist, okay. debates um, Muslims, and he was stopped uh, about 300 metres short of the event in an area where he was out of sight. He was attacked by a mob. Uh, they pulled him out of the car. They beat him up. They hit him over the head with an iron bar. Oof. Um, and he was found in a pool of blood. He was unconscious for about two hours. So that's some pretty major that's concussion. Insane. That's major concussion. I think they probably thought that they had uh, beaten him to death. And what's interesting is that um, Charles Kamya is somebody who actually uses the Quran because when he talks to Muslims, he he talks about you know Issa, which is mm. Jesus in the Quran, and um, points them points the, the the Muslims to become followers of Issa and shows mm. you know how Issa has you know power over evil jinn and so forth, mm. and uh, uses that as a way of reaching out to you know, to Muslims. So he's not somebody somebody that goes around Bible bashing. He likes to look for, you know, for common ground and so forth. And uh, as a result of his success in, in talking to Muslims, they, um, the leading churches of Kampala had hosted this particular debate and invited him to come to it. Um, and what's interesting in Uganda is that a, a lot of, there is quite a bit of Islamic Christian violence, particularly in the border regions. And there's a lot of training that Christian churches do in how to protect new converts because new converts are the most vulnerable um, in Uganda to attack. So, yeah, once again, a uh, thankfulness that we live in Australia. Okay, so next we go to Canada where Pastor Arthur uh, Palowski has just been arrested in his home in Canada. Okay. Now, this is an interesting story. Why was he arrested? He was arrested because he was planning to preach the word of God at the truckers' convoy. Uh, uh-huh. So this was a preemptive arrest. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so pre-crime. Oh, oh, okay. So he hadn't even committed it. No, he hadn't committed any crime at all. He was just like, you know, had an invite to go preach the word of God to a bunch of truckers at the protest, accepted the invite, and got arrested for it. That's before he did anything. <laughs> before he did anything, he was pre-inciting violence. Like I don't know. He was going there to preach. He was going there. I don't know what the charge was, but he was going there to preach the word of God. And they were like, "Well, well, you're yeah, in, you're in jail there's, there's now." Nothing, too bad. There's nothing here to say that he was going there to incite anything or to um, to do anything other than to preach about Jesus Christ. <laughs> Which is interesting because a similar story coming out of Canberra, and this is a text message I got. It comes from um, Graham Hood, um, who's been down there at Canberra. Um, and he's asking for massive prayer. He says, Satan's not even hiding himself here, being protected by uh, good people, but threats have been made against my life and I've been ordered to stop praying at the rallies. I'm assuming from people at the rallies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is something that uh, Graham Hood does. He, he, he prays at the rallies um, and he likes to you know, share Jesus with people. He says, hundreds of people have come to be baptized and we have no facility to do it in all the time. Um, he says, I must go home after the rally for medical reasons. Um, he says, I'm almost totally crushed by all this. Can't believe what Jesus went through if if this is any judge. So that's happening down in Canberra mm. right now. This is right here in Australia. So interesting to see the great controversy being played out right in front of us where, yeah, people are under severe pressure for talking about Jesus mm. and for praying. Um, moving from there to Eritrea. Okay. Uh, the Eritrean patriarch has just died. Well, it depends you call the Eritrean patriarch um, of the uh, uh, Eritrean church, he's been in prison for the last 15 years for his faith. Really? Yes. Um, his name is Abun Antonius. He was arrested in 2005. Um, and what happened was he was arrested and the government appointed a replacement. So the government came along and basically said, okay, we're going to decide who, be, who, who gets to be a pastor and who is not. Mm. And what they said to him, because he had accused the government of uh, committing crimes against humanity. Oh, yeah. And so they said to him, look, you can come out of prison anytime you want, as long as you recant, and say that we weren't committing crimes against humanity. Mm. Um, And so he chose to stay in prison instead. In 2019, he was excommunicated in absentia uh, from the Orthodox Church by a group of... Um, Orthodox priests who had been appointed by the government. Mm. So you can kind of see what's going on here. Um, but at any po- any point, at any time, he could have stepped out of his imprisonment. Dude, this is like Holy Roman Emperor it like, is style so. of, of church and politics right well, here. Well, pagan Roman Emperor too. Yeah. Uh, Empire too. Both, both of those empires did this kind of... Uh, uh, politics. Mm. So, yeah, it is interesting to see what is happening around our world right now. Uh, we can be so thankful for the peace that you and I are enjoying sitting mm. here in the studio this morning and the opportunity we have to talk about Jesus. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. On The Breakfast Show, uh, we're about to head into our interview of the day. Before we do, 300-point question coming up. Let's see if you can get this one. All right. Uh, this is a quote, again, with a, with a bit of a blank on the end. You've got to tell us what that is. For 300 points, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for thy love is better than blank. 
Oh, very romantic. Very Valentine's Day right there. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. That's really cute. All right, let me read that again. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for thy love is better than blank. This is a biblical quote, guys. We're not being inappropriate in the studio this morning. Yep. Um, this is straight out of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know what his love is, uh, well, extra, thy love extra is Extra Valentine's than... Day bragging rights if you know mm-hmm. what book of the Bible it came from. Yep. Well, 0491 is the number to call. For 300 points, you can win yourself a pocket sermon or get, you know, just those points on the board, get your answers in. But again, for the last time, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for thy love is better than blank. What is that blank? Yeah, good question right there. And we've got a bunch of uh, really interesting text messages that we're going to come back to uh, because we uh, haven't had time to get to them yet. But uh, great to hear from you as listeners. Keep sending Mm. those through. We'd love to hear more from you. Right now, joining us on the phone from Voice of the Martyrs is Etienne McClintock. Etienne, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lyle. Good morning. Lyle Lawson and your dear listener out there. Etienne, what we we had a whole slew of stories. I just came into work this morning to you know to look up the news and to see what's been happening, you know, over the weekend. And there was just a whole slew of stories about persecution of Christians. And I thought, well, hey, hopefully I haven't shared any of the same stories that Etienne was planning to share. Uh, but this is what is happening in our world right now. What else is happening in our world right now? And what else do we need to talk about as far as voice of the martyrs go? Yeah. Lyle, if you pick some stories, you're probably not going to pick the same stories as me because there are so many on a daily basis that get added to, to our system and ourselves and many other ministries obviously share these stories. But, um, yeah, the ones you, you mentioned are uh, tragedies within themselves. But we've got a whole bunch of new stories that we put out, you know, on a weekly basis. And if you go to vom.com.au, you'll see some stories there at the moment. Uh, for example, we've got one there from the Middle East where a Christian mother and daughter are on the run. Uh, the, the daughter became a Christian, and then when her dad found out who's an extremist, a Muslim extremist, they were in the North African country. They had to flee to a peninsula because he was expecting to kill the mother and the daughter. We've got another story there, for example, from Kenya, where Christians uh, were killed in a suspected al Sabab attack. We've got in Pakistan a pastor that was uh, ambushed. Uh, well, two pastors, actually. One was fatally shot. The other one was taken to hospital. They were leaving All Saints Church in uh, Peshawar in Pakistan. And that was on the 30th of January uh, when their car was ambushed with gunmen riding on a motorcycle and they opened fire on the two and Pastor William was fatally shot and Pastor Patrick was rushed to the hospital. Now, this is the same church that was actually attacked uh, in 2013 by a suicide bomber that left 80 Christians dead. And even the pastor's daughter, Pastor William, when she was grieving, she said, I praise God that I'm so proud that I'm the daughter of a martyr mm-hmm. and the wife of a martyr too, because her husband was one of the victims in 2013 under that, that bomb attack there. Uh, we've got stories from Algeria. Another church has been closed there or threatened to be closed. Uh, Niger- uh, that's Algeria, sorry. Nigeria, we need um, prayers for God's deliverance from the forces of evil. So the church struggling there in Nigeria. Algeria, a further court delay for Pastor Salah. Uh, we've got stories there with uh, Pastor Massa, who's been in prison now for uh, 10 years for sending a blasphemous text, and he didn't actually send it. The phone just wasn't even registered to him. The man's innocent, and they keep on delaying court case after court case after court case. So when we had our persecution prayer meeting online, which we have once a month, we actually had a special prayer session just for him. And we know that some of our other ministry partners around the world have been doing the same. But um, look, there's so much so these, happening. These there's so stories, much happening in our own country. These are stories that just have coming out in the last week or so, right? 
Well, yeah, last week, last two weeks, you know, we've got a whole bunch of stories there and we've got a little bit of a, a history there, a bit of an archive that you can go way back and see a lot of these stories. Mm. But yeah, these are ongoing stories. Uh, every week we just add to them. Um, and also the, the data has come out for persecution um, and that's up by another 20 million individuals on the previous year. So this is now 16 years in a row where persecution has actually been on the increase law. Um, it, it's significantly... Uh, increased aggression towards Christians. Now, we spoke about how things had changed under, you know, the, the COVID regulations and restrictions, um, but that just keeps on continuing and growing. And um, there's more people that seem to have an animosity and hatred towards the Christian worldview, uh, even here in Australia. And uh, you mentioned what had been happening in, um, in Canberra in the last, uh, you know, just last week. And also this weekend, there's been like three weeks of rallies there. The funny thing is, though, the main media news outlets don't seem to cover these things too well. And I realized this when uh, only a few or three years ago, I went to a, uh, a pro-life rally in Sydney, and uh, there was at least 10,000 people at this rally. And, uh, you know, I was listening to SBS News uh, covering it afterwards, and they said there were 200 people there. So there's definitely an agenda where they want to downplay anything that has to do with good moral values, which are supported by the Bible. Um, and people just not reporting on it. And you mentioned, you know, Graham Hood and what he's doing there and the death threats he received. So a lot has actually happened in, um, in Canberra. Um, I, uh, I tuned in just a little bit late, but I don't know if you guys even, uh, are planning to speak about or have spoken about, uh, what's been happening in regards to the legislation there, uh, with the, the religious discrimination bill. Yes, we've been talking about it uh, throughout last week, as you know, things were as the whole that whole story was developing. Hmm. Well, of course, that bill um, is now, with great reluctance, uh, being uh, opposed by a lot of religious entities who uh, were very pro it. Although some clauses, like the Israel Folau clause, have been taken out, they've kept on watering it down and watering it down so much to the point with the Australian Christian the Lobby, the Christian Democratic Party, Family Voice, Christian School Association, all of them who initially welcomed the bill have now withdrawn their support because the bill has become more dangerous than helpful. Yes, and, uh, the, it's become impotent. An impotent bill is, 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 is in many ways worse than no bill at all. Yeah, well, one of the things to, to actually get the bill through, um, what Labor wanted and also five dissenting, uh, I guess, coalition members, was to change the the Sex Discrimination Act, Section 38, Paragraph 3, which actually uh, gives protection to schools. I don't know if you've spoken about that. Do I need to just mention that a little bit, or can we move on to something else? Oh, we can talk about it again. We've um, talked about a number of uh, different aspects of what's happening with the bill. Yeah, well, that, that uh, the, what they call the SDA, the Sex Discrimination Act, 1984, uh, under the heading um, Educational Institutions Established for Religious Purposes, it actually makes it lawful for a, a person to discriminate against another person on the grounds of the other person's sexual orientation, gender identity, marital or relationship status or pregnancy in connection with the provisions of education or training by an educational institution that is conducted in accordance with the doctrines, tenets and beliefs or teachings of a particular religion or creed. And if the first mentioned person so discriminates in good faith in order to avoid injury to the religious susceptibilities of adherence of that religion or creed. It, it's perfectly fine. Now, to pass this other bill, they were actually going to take this, which is the only real protection that the schools have at the moment. Mm. It, it's the, mm. the most important legislation. They were going to take that out of the way 
to pass this bill. So the bill actually became more dangerous than helpful. So all these religious uh, institutions now have withdrawn the support from this bill. Uh, it, it's, it's a mess. And, uh, of course, uh, this uh, week on the, uh, the 17th, the change or suppression, conversion, practices, prohibition bill in Victoria becomes law, uh, where it becomes illegal now to pray or even to counsel uh, people who may be struggling with their sexual identity. And even if they come and ask you for prayer, if they are if, a citizen you're in another, of Victoria. Even if you're in another state. Even if you're in another state, that's right. So and even if, if they, they leave the, the state of Victoria to come to your state. If they're, if they're, right. if they're registered as a resident yeah. of Victoria, you're yeah. done. Just want to say yeah, to all no, of our, yeah. our Victorian listeners that uh, anytime you would like prayer for anything, please give us a call here on Faith FM. We would love to pray with you and for you, regardless of what you need prayer for. Yes, absolutely. And you look, prayer is one of those things that is a, is a God-given right. Uh, the Gospel Commission includes that. So now we have this choice between will we obey man rather than God or would we obey God rather than man? So it's been forced down, but we've really probably got to look at the history of where we've come from in the last uh, four or five years. Because uh, since 2017, the, you know, the same-sex marriage legislation that was passed, um, that's really been the catalyst for a lot of persecution. A lot of people have lost their jobs. Doctors have been, their license have been taken away because simply they have posted on their social media a Christian um, Bible text and they're just opinion that the marriage is between one man and one woman. And so th- these things have caused a lot of problems. They have been literally going to the hundreds now of people that have been um, lost their livelihoods or been discriminated against because of this. But let's rewind leading up to this. You know, um, I remember there was a, uh, a debate on Sky News with, um, well, former Tony Abbott's sister, Christine Foster, who was the spokesman for Australian uh, Marriage and Equality. And then also Lyle Shelton, who was the former ACL uh, director. And uh, he was then there for the, uh, I think, the, the Christian uh, Marriage Law uh, uh, Alliance or something like that. But in the debate, um, Christine Foster, who's a gay herself, said uh, religious institutions and schools are free and protected by existing legislation and our constitution uh, to teach their beliefs. And that will not change because of same-sex couples get married. You can't find the footage online anymore. It's been removed. But in the debate, he actually said, Lyle Shelton, what you're doing here is a straw man. What you're saying is wrong. Schools will always be protected. But what has happened in the last few weeks, uh, Brisbane the City Point Christian School had been attacked because they wanted people to enter into an agreement to say that they will be Christian if they uh, join the school and that the teachers will be Christian as well and uphold the Christian standards. And then this also last week, um, through the Daily Telegraph, a Penrith Christian College was actually attacked as well for their faith statement. Now, they hadn't publicized this. The statement had always been there, but the faith statement says something like, Sexual relationship should be exercised exclusively in a marital relationship between a male and a female. And they talk about adultery and same-sex attraction and so on, so on. And abusive relationships. And then they say these are examples of relationships and behaviors which are not acceptable to God. So uh, the schools which have been... Basic Christianity. Uh, there's, nothing, there's nothing new or outlandish or extreme or... you know, This is, this is what Christianity has been preaching for the last 6,000 years. There's nothing, there's nothing you know, wild about this in any, any way, shape or form. This is, this is what you should expect in, in, in a Christian school, right? This is, yeah, imagine the audacity of a Christian school wanting to adhere to Christian values and expecting their teachers to adhere to the same. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a bizarre world, isn't it? It is a really it's bizarre a crazy world. world. Mm. 
But, you know, also um, just in the last uh, couple of weeks, uh, new numbers have been released regarding persecution around the world. So when we see storm clouds forming, you know, in Canberra, we see them forming on the horizon here in Australia. Things are changing, and they've been changing very quickly since 2017 for us in particular. But globally, uh, there's now 360 million Christians who live in high persecution and discrimination areas. Uh, just last year, so in 2021, uh, almost 6,000 Christians were killed for their faith. Uh, there were f- over 5,000 churches and uh, Christian buildings that were attacked. A lot of them burned to the ground. Sometimes, you know, just by mobs, sometimes by government, uh, bulldozed. Um, there were more than 6,000 Christian believers arrested, detained, sentenced, and a lot of them without trial and imprisoned or uh, thrown into labor camps. So these are the ones that we're aware of. There's many that, you know, go unreported. Uh, there were almost 4,000 Christians who were abducted last year as well. So if you look on an average day, you know, and uh, I can compare this year on year, but on an average day, that's today. So this day, you know, it's Valentine's Day today, but 16 Christians will die for their faith today. The year before, it was 13 people. So that number is up by three on a daily basis. 17 Christians will actually be unjustly arrested, detained, or imprisoned. There was 12 the year before, so that's up by five. And then 10 Christians will be kidnapped. Now, it was five the year before, so that's up significantly. And then quite often, it's young ladies that are kidnapped, 12 years old, 13 years old, forced conversions and then forced marriage. And then they get raped by the, the person and the person marries them. And then in governments, uh, the parents struggle to get the, the child back. But then quite often they lie about the ages of the children. So our world is in a real mess and it's getting worse. You know, uh, The only way, only thing that will stop it eventually is that Jesus has got to come soon. Mm. Absolutely, amen. And and you know, I, I guess that's the positive side of this particular story, is that you know we talk about a lot of negative stuff here, but the positive side is this is what the Bible says. This is Revelation thirteen. This is what the Bible says will happen just before Jesus comes back. And if it wasn't happening, we should be discouraged. If it wasn't happening, we need to be encouraged that the Bible is being fulfilled, and what we have been preaching is actually. Uh, coming to pass. Etienne, very quickly, how do we uh, get in contact with Voice of the Martyrs? How do we support the work that you're doing there? Right. Well, if you go to vom.com.au, you can subscribe there to our newsletter. You know, the Bible encourages us in 1 Corinthians 14, 15 to pray with the Spirit and pray with the understanding. Inform your prayer and pray because the Bible says that we are to enter into fellowship and remember those who are persecuted and mistreated. Also, we've got a big Bibles Plus program there. You'll see it's a feature on our page where we're trying to get Bibles out. And also, for those who've got no food, you know, just noodles and rice and sometimes blankets in winter because they're freezing cold. Some of them have had to flee with only the shirts on their back. So go to vom.com.au and you'll see all our information there. That was Eddie McClintock from Voice the Martyr. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.